All right, hello people. I know you haven't heard from me in a while, but uh, this is the Nerd in the Noise. Uh, I am Seth Pruitt, and let's get into it for today. So for today's topic, we're going over Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's the next iteration in the Smash Brothers series. Um, and from what I know, it's going to be a really great game. Uh, I've been doing research on the game for you know a bit now. I did some research last night and this morning just to make the topics seem a little more seamless. But before I get into the Super Smash Brothers, I just want to give a quick shout out. The reason I have a headset on, it's not connected to my computer. I'm not using this mic for uh, the recording here, but I'm using this app called Anchor. Uh, it allows you to make a podcast of your own without having to use any equipment except for your phone. Uh, it's a great little app. Because of this app, uh, the show is on iTunes. It is in the Play Music Store. It is on Spotify now. It's on Spotify as of uh, two nights ago. And it's on a bunch of other podcasting platforms. So if you want to start a podcast, it can be about anything. It could be, be about uh, a healthy lifestyle, uh, a beauty podcast, um, hunting, whatever you want to do. Uh, download Anchor. It is your best source to be able to get a podcast out there on any platform. And I'm not sponsored by Anchor. I'm just giving them a plug because it's helped our show out a lot. Me and Caleb, speaking of Caleb, hi Caleb. He's joined the uh, live stream on Facebook. I'm on, uh, for those podcast listeners, I'm on Facebook Live as well doing a, uh, I guess, a video cast or whatever. Uh, Caleb was the old co-host. Uh I'm not at Lander University anymore, so it's no longer a radio show. It is strictly a podcast. May move on to YouTube at some point, but um, I don't. I don't have really great recording equipment. Of course, I guess I could use the camera on my laptop, but I feel like I would want better equipment if I'm gonna do YouTube or anything of that nature. So, uh, let's get into the Smash Brothers topic. So, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. I've got some notes here, and uh, people are saying it's better than Smash 4. They were playing it at the Invitational uh, at E3 this year. It's fast like Melee. It's more competitive, which is great for the competitive players. It's great for the 1v1 scene. It's going to be about three or four stock for competitive play just because you move so fast and everything happens so fast that to give yourself more time in competitive matches, you're going to have to increase the stock. In 1v1, moves do 1.2% more damage. Um, moves in general do more damage than in Smash 4. They do 1.2% more damage in general. Like if you're playing like a free-for-all like four people type thing, if you're doing 1v1v1v1 uh, among four people, it does more damage there too. It's 1.2% more damage there. And then it's 1.2% more than that if it's 1v1. So 
It has the potential to do 2.4% more damage than a previous iteration. There is no more landing lag, which means when you land from the air and come down on the platform, there's no lag between landing and being able to do a move and get in there and attack again. Uh, if you press the jump and attack buttons at the same time, it's a shortcut for short hopping your aerials. So if you weren't good at short hopping before, that's a good thing. C-Stick Nair has been removed, which I'm not even really sure what that is. I've never used a GameCube controller for Smash other than Melee. I think for Brawl I used a Wii Remote and a Nunchuck. And then for the Wii U, which I've only played a handful of times because I never had a Wii U, uh, again, I think I used a Wiimote and a Nunchuck. Um, so the move will be a little bit more seamless for me anyway because the um, Joy-Cons can act as a Wiimote and a Nunchuck, I guess. So uh, the move will be a little bit little bit more seamless for me anyway, considering the last major Smash game I played was Brawl. But the GameCube controller is back for those who want to use it, and of course, that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody uses in competitive play, which is a good thing. So for those competitive players or those that just prefer the GameCube controller, the GameCube controller is back. You can use your GameCube controller adapters that you had uh, previously for the Wii U. Uh... Those adapters still work for the Switch. I believe you just plug it in and then you plug that into a USB port. Um, if not, new GameCube controllers will be sold the day that Smash Ultimate is going to be uh, sold. So that's a good thing. Um, Rage is back, which I guess was a mechanic from Smash 4. Again, I never really played Smash 4 all that much. But... Uh, my guess is, is what it did is when a character goes into Rage, they start doing more damage. But Rage only activates once your character gets to a certain damage percentage themselves. But it's been significantly cut down from Smash 4, or what the reports are saying. It's not starting until around 120%. So if you can make it that far, Rage will activate, but if you like, you're barely going to notice it. Uh, directional air dodges are in the game. However, they've been sort of amped up because there's no air lag after you do a directional air dodge. Um, this, however, does affect regular air dodging. If you regular air dodge, um, what happens is, is there's still air lag and... According to some sources that were playing at the Invitational, there's cons uh, considerably a bit more air lag if you just do a regular air dodge versus a directional air dodge. Uh, and considerably more when you compare it to the past iterations of the game as well. So regular air dodges create a lot more lag this time around. And um, that's going to affect some characters as far as recovery goes. So as far as recovery goes, stay away from regular air dodges is what I would say, and stick to directional air dodges. Um, there is no wave dashing, but there is wave landing, uh, and you can use that to your advantage, and wave landing has been improved. 
speaking of uh, dodges, as I was saying earlier, air or ground dodges, spamming a dodge will cause more and more lag as you go, and that the the lag stacks on until about six dodges, and then at six dodges you'll lag the slowest amount that you can get, which um, is a good thing for those people that like to just dodge around you. Um, there are slow motion kills for like kill hits, but that's only in 1v1. I can see that getting annoying to some people. However, it can be a cool mechanic to some people. Uh, you can toggle off stage hazards, which is good for competitive play because that means more people can, you can play on different state more than, you know, one or two stages for competitive play. Um, which is a great thing, as well as the fact that every stage now has a final destination form and a battlefield form, so that increases the number of competitive stages even further. There's supposedly going to be around 70 stages for this game. 70 stages in a Smash Brothers game is just astronomical as far as like a number of stages goes. Um, Perfect Shield is going to act a little different now uh, in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Instead of activating your shield at the right time to stun an opponent, you now have to release at the right time to stun an opponent. Uh, I don't know why they did that. I kind of prefer the other way better. But um, I guess... It gives people. It gives people with with slower moving fingers as much as as much of a chance as people with fast fingers to do a perfect shield. Um, so if you want to do a perfect shield, now you'll have to do it on release rather than on start. Shields body block. What that means is you is you can't move through a shielded enemy. You can't dash through them. You can't run through them. Uh, if you're Fox, you can't do your side special through them, which is the like the really quick dash across the screen. So if you want to get around shielded enemies, you're just going to have to jump over them. The next thing I've got on here is more characters have rapid jabs, even the heavies. The heavies have rapid jabs now, and some characters even have uh, different finishers to their rapid jabs that you haven't seen before. I, my guess is the reason why they're doing this is because they're trying to make it a faster-paced game, which I completely understand. A uh, faster-paced game would be preferable to uh, brawl levels of speed or... Or even Smash 4, I guess. Um, again, heavies are notably faster, including Bowser. Uh, from what I understand, Bowser's just wrecking people right now at the or he did at the Invitational. Um, the reason Bayonetta wasn't used, I won't say wasn't used at all because I didn't really watch the Invitational, but I was doing some research and I saw she wasn't used that much or at all even. 
like I said, I don't know if she wasn't used at all, but a lot of people opted not to use her because Bayonetta is broken. Uh, according to what I'm hearing, she's unstoppable. So, and, and somebody pointed that out to Matsuhiro Sakurai, which is the, the main guy behind the Smash series. So expect changes to Bayonetta before the final release of the game. I also heard Toon Link is a little bit broken because of his shield. It's either him or Young Link, but apparently Toon Link, his shield just blocks everything. Uh, nothing can get through it, and if you activate it at the right time, it's just uh, god-tier amounts of shielding, from what I understand. Um and that's not even like the standard like like bubble shield. That's just Toon Link using his shield. So uh, Toon Link's a little bit broken right now. There's going to have to be some tweaks to that. Um, but dashing is the main mechanic of the game. And the reason they're doing that is because, again, faster paced stuff. Uh, that's why the heavies are notably faster. Even the fast people that were already fast, like Sonic are really fast now and i hear sonic is pretty unstoppable in the game um inkling has the best dash dance dash dancing is here it's back from four but inkling has a huge dash dance advantage because her paint roller um that she can use or he if you're using the ink boy or whatever um, the paint roller, it covers the ground in paint. Um, it, when you do it, it covers your enemies in paint. It sticks them to the ground for a few seconds. And then once they're not stuck to the ground, as long as they're moving in your paint, they're slower. And as long as you're moving in your paint, you're faster. So Inkling has the best dash dance by far in the game. It's like melee levels of fast. Um, Smash Ultimate is n by far not as fast as melee, but it's getting closer to that melee type speed. Uh, but Inkling is already there. Back, like Inkling could have been in melee, and you wouldn't bat an eye, is, is what I've been told. Um, you can do anything out of a dash, though, and that includes... Um, that includes smash attacks, that includes tilts, that includes grabs. You can do anything out of a dash, so that gives you more room for combos out of a dash. Though grab combos have been um, really hindered in the game. Grab combos aren't really there, except for a couple of characters have kept their ground combos, but ground combos are slower so you can't really use them as effectively um but because the heavies have are noticeably noticeably faster and they have rapid punches now you're not going to miss grab combos is what i'm hearing knockback is different in the game so knockback is just basically when you hit somebody with a really hard attack and yeah they go flying um for those of you who've never played Smash, um, which, if you haven't, why, where have you been? Uh, you've been living under a rock for your whole life. 
but knockback is different and a lot of people are wanting it to change and the reason is is because knockback what happens is is the characters fly really quick and then they just sort of stall where they're at and then begin to fall instead of like uh sort of like a just a flying off sort of thing um so they just boom they're up here and then they stall and then they fall so a lot of people aren't liking the new knockback mechanic that's the thing this is not a port they've completely rebuilt smash from the ground up so there are a bunch of like changes to certain mechanics and everything uh and that's one of them that people just aren't meshing with snapping to the ledge happens at a much shorter distance so you have to get really close to be able to snap and grab onto the ledge there are no more really magnet hands that pull you from like over here to the ledge and it's uh that's fine i don't mind that um but however even though the magnet hands has been reduced for the game edge guarding is more important in this game from what i understand edge guarding is going to be a really important key factor in this game uh, perfect pivoting is gone. Uh, everything is about dashing now. Grab combos, like I said, aren't really in the game. And grabs clank, which what that means is, is if I'm trying to grab somebody and they're trying to grab me at the same time, they'll just cancel each other out. However, along with canceling each other out, they also do 1% damage to both of you. So that's something you've got to look out for in the game. And the the final thing I want to go over is just this is less about mechanics and more about stuff that's going to go on in the game is, uh, one, I'm happy that there's going to be more stages. I'm happy that there's going to be more competitive stages. That's going to make the competitive scene for Smash just huge. I'm not a competitive player myself, but having over 70 stages to fight on is a really great thing. It switches up everything so much, and the ability to toggle off stage hazards is just awesome. And every stage having a final destination and a battlefield form. That's great, because like those are the only two maps I ever wanted to play on really anyway. Um... And Echo characters. Echo characters are a huge thing now. Um, so I wouldn't be... Ex and Matsuhiro Sakurai said this himself. He said, don't be expecting too many more character announcements. At least not this far out. Uh, there could be more as time progresses. Um, but you've already got like 65 characters in the game or something like that. 65 characters... Now, you will start out with a roster as small as the original Nintendo 64 edition. So, like, you'll start out with eight playable characters. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, I, I don't see many DLC ha uh, characters happening in this iteration of Smash. I just 
don't see DLC being very prominent in this version. However, that doesn't mean there won't be any DLC characters. Um, I expect one or two. Um, there are more, more assist trophies have been added. Uh, Knuckles, the echidna from the Sonic the Hedgehog series, has been added as an assist trophy. Um, I've never really cared for smash or, or, or trophy assists or assist trophies myself. I really wish they would have just added Knuckles as a character. However, the more characters you have in the game, the more complex Kirby becomes, which is a huge hindrance on the Smash Brothers series because Kirby has that copy ability uh, and he has to take on the appearance and the specials of that other person. So I can see why they don't want to add too many more characters because that just makes Kirby more complex because then you have to you have to render the art for Kirby for those characters. You have to figure out what Kirby's going to look like. Then you have to figure out, if at all, how the specials are going to act different when Kirby uses them versus when the actual character uses them. Are certain moves going to be uh, amped up or buffed down or anything like that? Um, Kirby is just too versatile. I've never been a Kirby main myself. Uh, I've never really used Kirby all that much. I know a lot of people love Kirby. And it would be sad to see him go, but I think it would be a necessary evil for the series, just in my opinion. Now, Kirby mains don't come attacking me just because I said that. Um, I'm just saying it seems like a hindrance to the series at this point for the developers to be able to recode how Kirby works based on how many characters they add. If you took Kirby out, think of how many extra characters we could have. Just saying. Um, I wish they would have just added Knuckles as a character. I also wish there were more Sonic characters in general in the main roster. We've only got one, but we've got like four or five Fire Emblem characters. We've got pretty much the entire Mario cast now. Because Daisy is an Echo character. Um, now, Echo characters, what they are is they're just pretty much skins over already existing characters. Daisy is Peach's Echo character, which means she has the exact same moveset as Peach. They, the, the moves just act slightly different. Now, what I hear a lot of people complaining about is, is that... Why can't Falco be an Echo character? Or why can't Dr. Mario be an Echo character? And the reason that is, is because Falco is not a Fox clone. Sure, there are similarities in their movesets, but there are also noticeable differences. For example, uh, Falco is more effective in the air. His air strikes are stronger than Fox's. Falco is not as fast, but his moves are stronger. He has different, uh, he has a different rapid jab than Fox does. And he, his, um, his kill hits act a lot sooner than Fox's does. His lasers are a little bit slower. They're not rapid like Fox's are. He has the highest jump in the game. Fox does not. 
there are just uh, oh, and his reflector that he has. Fox has a reflector, but it only acts as a shield, and you can use it in, in infinitum, which means that as long as you keep pressing the button, it'll keep activating. Um, Falco's reflector acts a bit different. So Fox's reflector is more of a defensive tool, whereas Falco's is more of, of an offensive tool. You throw his reflector. And yes, it does reflect projectiles, but it can also trip up opponents and hit them and cause damage. So, um, Falco is not a fox clone. Uh, Dr. Mario is not necessarily a Mario clone either. They, uh, He's more of a clone than Falco is to Fox. So, I wish Dr. Mario was an Echo fighter, but he's not. Um, the only separations for him are basically Dr. Mario is not as fast. Uh, his jumps are not as high. But he his strikes are more powerful. However, he's slower, and Mario doesn't already doesn't have the advantage when it comes to approaching fighters. Like, Mario does not have a very good approach, except for his fireball attack. Um, and Dr. Mario's, like, throws pills instead of fireballs, of course, and those are slower. They are a bigger, they do have a bigger hitbox, but they're slower, so he has an even worse time approaching fighters across the stage than Mario does. So Dr. Mario is different, but he's a more ineffective version of Mario, pretty much. Uh, I do wish he was an Echo Fighter. I do wish he would just be a skin for Mario, and he would have all the same stats. Um, the, the main reason they don't do that is because Dr. Mario's down special is the Whirlwind attack, whereas Mario's is Flood, the little thing. And I could see why they would um, separate them because of that. But literally, that's pretty much the only um, variation in their moveset. Other than that, their moveset is the exact same, just minor tweaks. Like their side special. Mario has the yellow flag. And Dr. Mario like uses the bottom of his lab coat as like the flag um which it they both reflect things however mario's yellow flag stalls him in the air which allows him to fall much slower dr mario's lab coat throw thing does not stall him in the air so you're in the air for a much shorter time and combined with the fact that you have a smaller jump than Mario, and your up uh, special is not all that great as far as recovery goes. Uh, Dr. Mario is just inferior. Uh, but I feel like he should be a Echo character, uh, or an Echo fighter, whatever you want to call them. Or he should just be removed from the game completely. But I get the fact that they want to have everybody that's ever been in Smash in the game. So... I'll let it slide.
Um, somebody I wish they would bring in the game would be like Shadow um, from the Sonic series. However, if they do bring him in, I see him being DLC. I don't see him being announced before the before the game launches. Um, which I'm fine with him being DLC. It's whatever, but I just wish that they would have announced some new fighters for the game as well, besides Inkling. Um, I, I could really care less about Inkling as far as that's concerned. But uh, I wish Shadow was in the game. And a lot of people are like, well, uh, Shadow would just be an Echo Fighter of Sonic. Um, I don't see that happening either. Uh, one, they don't move the same. Sonic runs, whereas Shadow has the, the hover shoes. Uh, so their movement is not exactly the same. Uh, two... Shadow's just a completely different character than Sonic, so I don't see him being an Echo Fighter for Sonic. I do wonder how many Echo Fighters there will be in the game, though. Uh, the only ones that have really been announced are Lucina, who is now an Echo Fighter for Marth, thank the Lord. Um, and... Um... Like I said uh, earlier, Daisy is now an Echo Fighter for Peach. So that just makes me wonder how many other Echo Fighters there are going to be in the game. Now, something I do wish they'd bring back is like the Subspace Emissary, which was like the little story thing in Brawl. I wish they would bring that back, but with that many characters to include, I doubt they will. However, the Subspace Emissary was, like, one of my favorite parts of Brawl. Um, it didn't have the fast-paced combat like Melee did. Um, it, it's just... I, I thought it was very fun, and it was a way to unlock characters as you go, which character unlocks in this game. Matsuhiro Sakurai said that... Character unlocks will work in a similar way to melee in this game, where you have to meet certain objectives to unlock characters, and certain characters will show up as you continue to play. So they'll be like challengers. It'll be like the 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 old a new challenger is approaching, and it'll have like the silhouette or whatever. I guess, um, which that's fun. That's exciting. However, I think uh, a subspace emissary style. Story mode would also be a great way to unlock characters. Um, that being said, I'm not I'm not objecting to the fact that you have to play for a certain number of hours to unlock certain characters. I think that that would be great. However, um, I'm just a huge subspace emissary fan. Uh, something else that I'm really looking forward to in the game is just seeing all the differences made to individual characters as far as, like, move sets go. Matsuhiro Sakurai went over individual changes to characters in the 20-minute vid uh, video that the Smash Bros. channel put up on YouTube. 
I watched all of it. I was paying attention to little things. And uh, every character's come a long way. I like the fact that every Legend of Zelda character is now from a different game in the series. I think um, Toon Link, of course, is from Wind Waker. Young Link is from... Which... I'm trying to... I think the only two characters that share a game are Ganondorf and Young Link. I think Young Link is Ocarina of Time as well as Ganondorf. I think Ganondorf's Ocarina of Time. Though I guess you could say y Young Link could also be um, Majora's Mask. So you could say they're from different games. But uh, Young Link from Majora's Mask is still Young Link from Ocarina of Time. It's within the same part of the time timeline that Nintendo has come up for the Legend of Zelda series. So, uh, I like the fact that they're different, though. I like the fact that Link's bombs are now remote activated. Speaking of which, Samus's bombs are now proximity-based, just like they were in Melee, versus time-based, as they have been in the past couple of iterations of the series. So, those who were a big fan of her proximity-based mines. They're back. It sounds like they're trying to... They're trying to... Ap appease the competitive scene a bit more. Which is great. While also being able to appease new players and casual fans of the series. Which I think is a great approach. And maybe they'll turn some casual fans into more competitive players and make the competitive scene a bit bigger. Um, and that's pretty much all I have as far as Super Smash Bros. news goes. Um, I'm really looking forward to the game. I have not pre-ordered it yet. I plan on pre-ordering it soon. But I want to see, as far as like characters go, if there's going to be uh, more characters introduced as time goes on. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. As soon as I get it, I'm going to have a huge party with a bunch of my friends. We're going to sit there. We're going to play Smash Bros. It's going to be great. Um, some more Nintendo-style news, I guess, since I've covered pretty much everything I can cover for the Smash Bros. series, is I don't recall there being any news about Metroid Prime 4 this year, which they announced Metroid Prime 4 was in development last year, but there was, like, no sort of, like... I don't recall there being any news. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall there being any news as far as, like, Metroid Prime 4 goes, which made me really sad. Um, however, I was talking with my friend Matthew the other day, and I believe Metroid Prime 4 will probably be Nintendo's first venture into VR, and the reason I say that is because MatPat and the people over at the Game Theorist did a video earlier, it was either this year or, or late 2017, where they went over some stuff that was in the Nintendo Switch um, like notes as far as the patent goes, when they were patenting the technology for the Switch, it mentions being able to slide the screen into some sort of headset that covers your face. So 
I think um, maybe Metroid Prime 4 could be their first venture into VR, which would be super cool because you can already sync up the Joy-Cons to the center of the screen. That way they track more accurately. And if you do VR for Metroid Prime 4, it would be a huge thing. Uh, and I would certainly play it, and I think a lot of people would be looking forward to play it. So I am a little upset that they didn't talk more about Metroid Prime 4 this year. I guess there's still some things they need to work out. Of course, last year was only a teaser, so I wouldn't be expecting Metroid Prime 4 uh, 2018, maybe not even 2019. I would consider it being around uh, fourth quarter 2019, which is around the holiday season, or um, the first quarter in 2020, which would be springtime. That's when I would be expecting Metroid Prime 4. Uh as far as I know, development hasn't gotten any further. I haven't gotten any news on it. I didn't see any news at E3. However, I've been playing Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch, and it is a great game. Uh, they announced the launch date at E3. It launched at like, and um, people were playing it, and they were they were just really excited about it they were glad they got to play it a lot of people are commending the storyline i'm playing the storyline right now i like the story and i just think it's a great game in general uh, i will probably come back and do a review on that later when i have more time so be expecting a review for mario tennis aces another which game I'm really looking forward to is uh, the new Mario Party that's coming out. Now, there was a little bit of a game demo with some Nintendo people in their um, in their little, uh, I guess, event that they have at, at E3. They don't uh, they don't do like E3 like like a lot of people do. What they have is um, they have little directs. Um, which they were at E3 some this year, but um, so they did a little direct with sample play of Mario Party, and I'm really looking forward to the new Mario Party game. It's fun to be able to play with your friends and just to be able to make them super angry because you stole their stars or their coins. Um, Mario Party is the game that has ruined a lot of friendships, but it's super fun to play. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the new Mario Party game. Uh, the new DLC for Mario Rabbids Battle Kingdom came out. It's a Donkey Kong uh, Country DLC thing. Uh, from what I understand, the the whole mechanics behind Donkey Kong as a character could make that DLC a complete new, completely new game in itself. Um, it's almost as long as the original campaign, from what I understand, or at least almost like three-fourths uh, three long. And, however, you can't use, like, Donkey Kong in, like, the main campaign. You can't use the Mario Brothers or any of those characters in Donkey Kong's campaign. It's a completely separate campaign. You can only play one or the other. 
which is sad because I wish they would like let you use Donkey Kong in other stages and stuff like that. I think that that would be really cool. As far as DLC goes for that game, I'm not sure how much more DLC that they will put out for that game, but the Donkey Kong thing is cer- certainly like a nice uh, p- little piece of DLC to see for that game. I wonder if they could like introduce other characters um, in the DLC. Uh, it would be it'd be great to see other Mario characters. Um, I think. I know, I'm pretty sure, I haven't gotten too far in the campaign because I got so caught up in Breath of the Wild, but I think they they have Yoshi, I know they have Peach, I know they have Luigi, I know they have Mario, like those are just standard. I don't know if they have Daisy, they might, but I'm not sure. Uh, now they have Donkey Kong, which isn't really Mario, but they started off in the, in a similar, you, you know, in the same game. Um... I wish they could implement more Donkey Kong characters for Donkey Kong's campaign. They they could implement more characters from Mario's side, such as Wario or, or Waluigi. Speaking of which, there's a whole debacle right now where people want Waluigi in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I, <laughs> I could care less. I don't really like Waluigi as a character. He's just become a meme now, and I think memes are just the trash part of the internet. Like, I enjoy memes from time to time, but, like, the the Waluigi memes got out of hand for a while there. (laughs) And then there's been a resurgence in Waluigi memes since, uh, since he's not a, (laughs) since he's not a main character in the series. (laughs) Ridley got a part in the series as a fighter quicker than uh, Waluigi did, which a lot of people are upset about, but I don't get why they're so upset. I don't think that their uh, feigned enthusiasm for Waluigi in the series is legitimate. I think it's a joke. I think that I I just don't want to see Waluigi. We've got Wario. That's fine enough for me. Um... And what would Waluigi's, like, Final Smash even be? I mean, it's kind of... Wario's had games to himself. He's had time to establish his character. Waluigi, all I see him as is Wario's lackey, so... Mm. Um, However, if he does come to the series, that just makes one more player. Um, I could see... If he came to the series, if Kirby swallows him up and uh, copies his ability, Kirby having like that just ridiculous nose and the hat, that would be funny. Um, but Waluigi, like, what do you even do for like his move set? Um, he's never really been in any Mario games except for like tennis and. Um, Sluggers, which was the baseball Mario game that you had, which was great, by the way. Uh, I think they should make another Sluggers game. I remember playing that a lot with um, my cousin and my brother. Uh, He was in Strikers. He's been in Mario Party games. He's been in uh, pretty much any, like, Mario spinoff game. Um, 
Although I don't think he was in the most recent version of Mario Kart. Because uh, he was in Double Dash. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I just... I don't think he really he's fit for the series. I think he's fit enough to be an assist trophy, and that's about it. Um, but this is coming from the guy that also wants Shadow in the series, and I probably am not going to get what I want. So it's whatever. But there are 65 playable characters, and that's something I'm excited for, just to be able to play with everyone. Um, Ridley, going back to Super Smash Bros. And, and, and him... I've heard is broken because sweet spotting is a mechanic that's back. Like, um, so for instance, Mario's side smash, like he charges up the fireball and then just like shoves it at you. Um, the sweet spot for that is if you do the side smash and then tilt up, that's the sweet spot for Mario, uh, doing that side special anyway. Um, there are sweet spots for different moves, but Ridley has this tail-like stab thing for his side special, or, or one of his specials anyway. And if you hit the sweet spot for that, it's like 50% damage. It's like 50-something percent damage. It's broken. Um, you can do that, tw and the thing is, is when you stab somebody with that, and you hit the sweet spot... It stabs them, it knocks them down, they're on the ground, they can't get up for a couple of seconds, and then they're open for a free smash attack. So you could potentially knock people off the stage with Ridley within two moves. Um, three, if they can take more damage, if they're a heavy. But like, you do the tail thing twice and then open up for a smash attack... And you've already done like 120% damage. Now, if you don't hit the sweet spot with him, it's like, from what I understand, it's really low damage. It's like 2 or 3% damage. Um, but still, 50-something percent damage for a sweet spot? I think that's ridiculous. I, I just don't see that being a viable thing. They need to change that really quick before they release it. Otherwise, people are going to complain so much when, when, uh, when it comes out. And... People are not going to want to use Ridley in competitive play because he's, he would just be too overpowered. And there's always been certain characters in the Super Smash Bros. series you couldn't use in competitive play. Um, I think in Melee there's, there's a couple of characters you can't use in competitive play. But um, as far as this one goes, if you want this to be viable for competitive play, you need to make sure that every character is balanced and every character can be used for competitive play. Um, and that includes Ridley. I understand Ridley was a main boss in a series, but so was Bowser, and Bowser's not overpowered. Uh, Bowser has been amped up, but they say he's still within, like, acceptable range. Ridley and Bayonetta, however... Uh, right now, I don't see being viable for competitive play, which is a shame because you should be able to use any character you want in competitive play and be able to, you know, either thrive with them or fail with them. But it seems like you're not going to be able to fail with Ridley because of the tail move and because his some of his, his specials are just ridiculous, like... Um, if you played the Subspace Emissary, you remember Ridley grabbing, like, Samus 
or, or, or I can't remember what character it was, and like sliding them across the ground. Like that is a special that he has. You can see it in the trailer. He grabbed uh, like his side special, and it's not even one of his grab moves. It's his side special. He darts forward, grabs you, and just proceeds to slide you across the stage. Now, the cool thing about that is, is you can slide them across the stage as far as you want, meaning you can control it. So you, as soon as you press up on the analog stick, apparently you can lift them up into the air and open them up to air combos, which is cool. Um, oh, another, another change in the mechanics that I forgot to mention for Smash Brothers Ultimate is if you are doing 1v1 in competitive play, you will always be facing your opponent, meaning like people like Ryu, where you have his uh, Hadouken, you will not accidentally do a different move if you're not facing another player or, or the other player because you can no longer be facing away in 1v1. You are always facing your character or your opponent, which is great. It's a wonderful thing for competitive play. Now, this is not implemented in free-for-all, so any more than two people playing... And it's just, I mean, it's fair game. You will not always be facing an opponent. Um, I wish there was, it, it was still the case where you could, um, like, maybe toggle your opponent in free-for-all. That would be great. That way you would always be facing an opponent, not necessarily one opponent, but you could be facing a single opponent and then toggle and switch to another opponent. That would be a cool mechanic, but I don't know how they would map that as far as buttons go. Um, it, it it would just have to be the idea would have to be played around with. Um, something else I wanted to bring up about Smash Brothers. So the title. Now Matsuhiro Sakurai said that Brawl was the last Smash Brothers game because at the time he had a really small team. He had to work on it himself. He had to work on it over weekends, nights. There were po at points during development with Brawl where he didn't even go home and get to see his family. Um, he has some problems with his hands, I believe, and uh, they, that really started acting up. Uh, his, his hand, uh, there was like a flare-up in the issue with his hands. He said Brawl was the last one. That's why the trailers and the poster, I even had a poster, and it said the Brawl to end them all. It was supposed to be the last Smash Brothers game. Brawl was supposed to be the last Smash Brothers game. Then we got Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS, which, awesome, another Smash Brothers game. But what a lot of people don't know is, is, is uh, Capcom actually helped out a lot with that. Um, they helped out a lot with development. Uh, and Capcom has big teams, so uh, it enabled... to for Matsuhiro Sakurai to come back and sort of be like a creative director over it all. I'm sure he still has some uh, some sort of influence as far as like coding characters goes and like move sets and the way a character um, just reacts to certain things. I'm sure he has some sort of involvement in the coding process, but it's definitely not as much as it, it used to be, and that's why he was able to come back for Wii U and 3DS. But there were rumors that he wasn't going to come back for another one after Wii U and 3DS. That was the whole. That was the whole thing. This is something we covered on the Nerd and the Noise during 
the previous school year when it was still a radio show. Uh, we had talked about the fact that we would like to see a Smash Brothers game for Switch, but I said I knew it was never going to happen because Matsuhiro Sakurai said that the one for Wii U and 3DS was the last one and he wasn't coming back. And he made them promise that they wouldn't do it without him, or at least that was the rumor that was circulating around. However, when I came back from a trip up to uh, Chicago, I went up to Chicago to see my brother graduate from basic training. Whenever we came back, there was a trailer for Smash Brothers for Switch, and I got super excited, and Matsuhiro Sakurai was back, and it's just awesome. So... Um, I'm glad they did another Smash Brothers. However, I want to bring up something. The title of this game is Smash Brother, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, what a lot of people think the definition of Ultimate is, is it means like it's the best. It's like by far the best in a series of things. And that, that, uh, that is not completely wrong. But the actual definition of ultimate is being or happening at the end of a process. Final. Now, I'm not trying to stoke a fire here, but Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Ultimate comes at the end of the title. Ultimate means end or final. Does this mean that it's going to be the last Smash Brothers game. Is that why they're giving us every character from every Smash Brothers game ever? Is that why Sakurai made a huge deal about them making the impossible possible? Is this it for Smash Brothers? That is my question that I'm asking you. That is what I want to know. Do you think that this is going to be the last Smash Brothers? Personally, Sakurai has said that the last, uh, the last few iterations of Smash Brothers were going to be the last ones, and then he always winds up coming back. Um, or maybe this is just uh, Sakurai's swan song. Maybe this is his last time being with the series. Maybe he's letting it go. Maybe he trusts Capcom enough or trusts some of the other developers uh, on the series enough to be able to hand it over. Maybe... Maybe it's Sakurai's final time with the series, or maybe it's just the last Super Smash Brothers. But the fact that they use the word ultimate, and ultimate meaning end of the process, final, end of a series, and they put ultimate at the end of the title, I think that that brings some significance to it. Um, Brawl, Brawl was supposed to be the final one. Now, Brawl does not mean final. It does not mean end. But the tagline was Brawl to end them all. It was supposed to be the final. Wii U and 3DS supposedly was supposed to be the final again. But now we've come to Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I guess that is my community question for you for this, uh, for this week. Um, I'm going to try and do episodes once a week. Um, depending on how that, how that goes. Uh, Every Sunday, possibly, just because that's when I would have the most time. But that is my question for all of you out there. Do you believe that this is going to be the last Super Smash Brothers? Is that why we're getting all the characters? Is that why we're getting 70-plus stages, supposedly? 
Um, is that why we're getting combat closer to melee-style combat? Is that why we're getting Ridley, who is somebody who was requested for Wii U, but they said, no, he's too big of a character to include? They're making the impossible possible. Is this the last Smash Brothers game? Or is this just Sakurai's last time with the Smash Brothers game? Or do you think that that theory is just in like is just inaccurate? Let me know. Leave some comments below on the video. I will be sure to check them. Also be sure to check out the Nerd in the Noise podcast um, if you haven't already. If you weren't able to tune in for this episode... Um, which, if you've gotten to this point, you've either skipped to the end or you've watched all of it. So, if you would rather just listen, then the podcast is available in uh, Google Play Music. It's available on iTunes. It's available on Spotify now. It's available on Anchor. If you have the Anchor app, you can just listen to the episodes there. It is available um, on a, a few other websites. Uh, I'm trying to remember what websites exactly it's available on. So let me just go to my login here. I'll use uh, my Facebook actually for the login. And let's go to... Okay, so the Nerd in the Noise is available on 10 platforms. Uh, if there was a way to share my screen, I would. Um... However, I'll just I'll just tell you what they are. The 10 platforms. So if you look us up, it's the Nerd in the Noise. Um, the authors, it's set to me and uh, Caleb. However, it's just me now. Um, so just saving that. And we're available on all platforms. We talk comics. We talk video games. We talk movies, science fiction, and more. I should change that to I because I don't have a co-host at this time. Uh, I would like to have a co-host. However, uh, at this point in time, it's just not viable for me. I don't have recording equipment enough for two people. I'm having to use this headset to record on Anchor on my phone. It's just uh, not viable. So... We average about 14.8 plays per episode. That's great. 89 total plays of all time over uh, every episode. We've got about 30 plays on iOS. A 12 plays on Anchor, 6 plays on the uh, iTunes desktop, and 35 plays elsewhere. We're available on 10 platforms uh, where my podcast can be heard. It can be heard on Anchor. It can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Google Play Music, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. You can play this through smart speakers like the Apple HomePod, or um, you can play it with uh, the Amazon one. I believe it's Alexa. Um, you can play it through your car speakers, Apple CarPlay, or Android Auto. It is available through all those things. So you can even play this on the road if you don't have time to listen to it elsewhere. You have a long commute to work every day. Play it on the road. It's an entertaining time, at least for me, because I get to talk about things I love. And I hope it's an entertaining time for all of you. 
So that's going to be it for today's episode of The Nerd and the Noise. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. I believe it was about four people on Facebook Live. And uh, I don't know if there were any tuning in on uh, 